0: So we go Ed from one superhero to another, he's actually in the queue. I'm sure a lot of people will know this young fella who's doing big things today, and that of course is Smush Parker. Smush Parker, how are you?
1: What's going on, guys? What look time? like you see can go in the
0: NBA, my friend. Looking good.
2: We have to find out who is Smush's favorite superhero. Well,
1: fortunately, fortunately for me, I heard the question before, so I was planning my answer for this. Uh, I would either go with uh, I would go with Thor. Ooh, one. I like Thor. Thor, Thor. Thor. I like Thor. Thor. Either Thor He's or Wolverine. Like... Wolverine. They're both gonna get the job done.
0: <laughs> That's a fact. That is a fact.
2: Bobby seems to know much my superheroes. <laughs>
0: I, I guess I guess I don't. I didn't come up with the actual plan for for Robin in terms of the doomsday scenario, but I thought it was a cool question to ask him since he's someone that loves again comic books and superheroes. And uh, you know, Smush, I don't know how much of the podcast you've watched because I know Ed is really not like your favorite guy, and I'm more your favorite guy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> on every On every episode, I love to put one of my favorite jerseys behind, especially kind of runs the theme of the show. And tonight, paying homage to the great Smush Parker. And I have had this jersey since you played with the LA Lakers. So it's not like I'm just but jumping on a bandwagon. I don't
1: have any more Lakers jerseys. I gave them all away. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, but did get one. I, I did not get a, a Smush Parker jersey, correct? Well, I, when I'm Smush
2: here. came to New York oh, to play, the, when, the, when he was on the Lakers, he came to New York, asked him, can I get his game jersey? He looked at me, he said, who are you? <laughs>
1: That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. Me and Edgar, me and Edgar go uh, way
0: back. Well, <laughs> we get on Ed every single podcast, Randy and I, and we say to him, can you do two things for us? One, create some sort of backdrop like the beautiful one that you have behind you. And I know that you know those fans that are listening tonight – with the audio stuff are not going to see it, but you can check it out on YouTube. You got this great backdrop, but Ed refuses for a backdrop and he refuses to have a microphone, even though he wants to do this podcast every week. I smush. I said, I will not get a backdrop until
2: I see you, which I know it's going to be soon. Ref in an NFL uh, NBA game. Okay. And I know that's, and I know that's going to happen. And
1: that's my challenge to you. That's going to be it's simple. Be Bobby C. He, he lives a very humble life. Very <laughs> humble <guy. He> does. <laughs>
0: you know, Smush, you made my week too on IG. You know, a little bit of the shout out back to the days, you know, the glory days of Street Ball talking about the nicknames and, um, It was great to see you give a shout out to Hoops in the Sun and myself. You know, we used to call you so many things. And one of those nicknames, of course, was the aviator for your uh, brilliance when it comes to dunking a basketball. We wanted to talk to you tonight. Ed and I kind of wanted to take a stroll down memory lane, talk about your great career. And uh, for me, you know, I, I think your story, I don't know if you'll consider doing it at some point, but definitely deserves either a book or maybe a documentary or a film because um, it's really a remarkable story. I mean, for those that might not know Smush's story, basically giving you the Cliff Notes version, played high school basketball in Queens after really being uh, arguably the city's Greatest street ball star in some time. Ended up going to Southern Idaho, then played basketball at Fordham University, undrafted, but signed with the Cavs in 2002 03. Then a slew of stops in his professional career, plays in the D League, overseas, in and out of the NBA, before finally settling in as the starting point guard for the Lakers in 2005. Was that a good, kind of like uh, Cliff Notes version, Smush? Yeah, that
1: was a great clip, uh, clip quote. <laughs> Cliff notes version. the tongue, tongue twister right there. Um, you covered all the bases. I was, uh, I wasn't the great, a great street ball player. I was, I was among many, and uh, it was uh, because of my upbringing. You know, it was because of my environment. It was because of New York City. I got to, you know, where I was able to uh, get to. You know, it was a, it was playing against the competition that I played against every day here in street ball that made me the player that I am today. You know, so I, just, um, I think of those you
0: know, days at West, you know, and hoops uh-huh. in the sun. I think of those days yeah. at West Fourth and hoops in the sun. I mean, it's definitely a big part of your story.
1: Definitely, a shout out to hoops in the sun, West Fourth Street, uh, rec, the rec leagues. You know, I remember for me, the playing in the rec leagues was like playing. It was uh, the first AAU leagues for me. You know, when it was uh, YMCA versus YMCA, or uh, recreational center versus recreational center. You know, I remember I was playing for the McBurney Y. And we used to play against the Bedford Y all the time, you know, Brooklyn USA guys, you know, and that was, you know, my AAU uh, era.
2: Swish, well, you played um, in one of the best uh, seasons in streetball history and you played with Robin Lumberg's favorite rapper of all time, Jay-Z. Um, can you talk about, you know, one, how you was recruited by to play for Jay-Z's team, and can you talk about that season that ended in the blackout Um that the game that never played and who would have won if that game would happen?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember exactly how I was recruited to play with uh Jay-Z's team, but I will say um, just, just for the record, I guess, um, you know, John Strickland may you uh, rest in peace, put in a good word. You know, I was playing with a, you know, a bunch of actually a lot of guys that played for Jay's team used to play for Gold's Gym back in the day. I don't know if you remember, you know, uh, Gary Prince's Gold's Gym. You know, um, and, you know, I played with John Strick on Gold's Gym, and uh, I guess he put in that word for me. Um, I think we would have won. I believe we would have won. I was there at that game, I was on the bus. You know, I was, I, you know what, I want to go on record. I want to go on record by saying I was the only player to get off the bus that day. I don't know Were you there, Edgar?
2: I filmed it. I was there.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was the only player on Jay's team that that night to get off the bus and actually walk into the park. So I actually witnessed, you know, Fat Joe and his crew and his, his mob and you know all of his guys that he had on the court, and it was crazy because he had about a thousand dudes with him. Yeah. They, they they have nowhere to sit. They were all on the court. Yeah, they were on both benches. Um, you know, so it it there was there couldn't have been a game that went on.
2: Yeah, but one thing, uh, you are partly responsible for uh you and John Strickland in a game where Jay Z came out with his favorite line: "Is Strick finish your breakfast?" Uh, do yeah. you remember that? Sit- do you remember the play
1: and the whole situation? How it happened? I remember the play in a situation because uh, I get reminded about it uh, often and then uh, on social media they, they play that, that one clip where I, you know John Strickland dropped a uh, bounce pass behind his back to me on, on a baseline and I went for a reverse dunk and I came up short. And uh, you know uh, they called a timeout and John Strickland looked at me and was like finish your breakfast. And I guess, you know, <laughs> yeah, he was like, young boy, finish your breakfast. And I guess Jay-Z heard it, um heard it and then put it in his in his uh in his um his rhyme. But people don't know the very next play after that, Josh Strickland dropped the pass, the same kind of pass to me, the very next play, and I went up for the same reverse dunk and I you no, know, I finished my breakfast.
0: Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Smush, if, if you could do it all over again, would you take the same path in your professional career?
1: Would, would there be
0: anything that you would do different?
1: Um, I think the path that I took was the only path that I, that I, that I had. You know, um, and just to give you a quick summary of why my path was the way it was is because, one, I didn't grow up playing organized basketball. I didn't play my first organized basketball until I was 13. So I really am a product of the street. Like Smush Parker is street ball, not the, not the you know the tournament street ball, but actual playing in the street. Like I played growing up in the street uh, parks, different artillery Park in Brooklyn, West Fourth Street, um, various different parks here in Brooklyn. And it wasn't until I moved to Manhattan, I played in Carmel Recreational Center for the first time when I was thirteen. And that's when I then that's when I started to get. Indoctrinate, indoctrinated into organized ball. So I didn't have that long, you know, um, AAU career. I didn't play my first AAU tournament until I was uh, junior slash senior in high school. Played one year, one one AAU tournament with uh, Aim High. You know, shout out to Aim High, uh, Vincent Smith, Kevin uh, Kevin uh, Jackson, and uh, Kenny Smith for you know wow. giving me that. opportunity. Playing in the backcourt with Talik Brown, um, but when you hear about guys like Talik Brown and Andre Barrett and Old Cook, they had extensive AAU, you know, uh, exposure. No, I didn't. So when I, you know, when I came onto the scene, I was behind. I was behind the eight ball, so to say. You know, but I, you know, God, God gave, God gave me grace. He uh, allowed me the opportunity to showcase my skills and. You know, one platform after the next. I just went and played ball, and uh, I proved to people I could play.
0: Ed is ready to do the documentary, Smush. Whenever you say go, Hard to Guard Media is ready to be on board and do the doc, the official Smush Parker doc.
2: Uh, You definitely have a great story, uh, Smush. And, like, one of the things that I I love about you um, that I think needs to be promoted more is your give back to the kids. Um, You know, you have a foundation, and, you know, you – organically growing it every year It's gotten bigger. Can you just talk about that?
1: Yeah, uh, well, thanks for pointing that out. You know, I have a nonprofit called Smush Inspires and um, and it's exactly what it sounds like, Smush Inspires. Um, you know, I, I, I host free basketball camps and clinics for the for the inner city kids who don't have the resources to either, you know, make it to an NBA game or to, you know, attend a, uh, one of these high profile athletes mm-hmm basketball camps i i i host them for free um and that whole you know smush inspires you know it, it it stemmed from actually me meeting anthony mason when i was 13. and you know i don't remember too many days when i was you know 13 years old but i remember that day and uh the reason why i remember that day is because he played in the nba he was playing in the nba at the time for the new york Knicks, and he was somewhere where i wanted to go he was somewhere where i wanted to be and here i am fast forward i'm in the nba and i'm like if anthony mason could create that memory for me at 13 why can't why 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 can i i can use my same platform to do that for you know these kids in the, in the city who might not ever meet an nba player ever so i um uh, i'm 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 trying to you know pay it forward you no know, the, all the knowledge that I was given you know growing up I'm trying to give it give it all away I don't want to die with all that all the knowledge that I have all this uh um, basketball mm-hmm. IQ that I have I want to I just want to give it all away and I do it through smush inspired
0: that's beautiful
1: you know smush I mean I,
0: I think we just talked about it I mean obviously act one for you this incredible pro career but now act two and even act three are things like you know, the AAU team, Smush Parker Elite, and what you just talked about with Inspires and and also the refereeing. I mean, as, as Ed said at the top of this interview, uh, kind of giving back to the game of basketball in a different way.
1: Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't know that I'm uh, actually uh, going to get back to the NBA as an NBA official. You know, that's what I'm working towards. It should be a, a two, three-year process, but it, it's going to happen. I'm going to make that happen. Can you talk about like the help? I I heard you earlier um,
2: on Clubhouse, and you gave flowers to uh, the relationship you had with Krista Chin. And can you tell? Uh, can you tell the people who are watching the impact that she's had
1: on your life? Okay, listen, Chen, Chin. Uh, I think everybody needs or has a Chris Chin in their life, you know. And it's just that external mother, you know, that external. You no know, person that just, you know, loves unconditionally. You know, for me, uh Miss chin um, I don't like I don't I feel funny calling her Chris a Chin, although I have that kind of relation I, I call her Miss chin Uh she was that um that 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 mother and the NBA mother for me. You know, and as you as you heard me say on Clubhouse, you know, she was my ally. You know i you know i briefly said that you know i kind of worked my way through the back door to get into the nba so i wasn't you know met at the nba with the uh the red carpet rolled out i wasn't met with the you know i wasn't drafted so i just i never got the the, the hat handed to me and walk the walk across the stage you know i didn't get all of that but you know i worked my way organically into the nba so i didn't get that whole introduction into the like the nba family but one thing I can say is when I did come to the NBA and, I, you know, I went to the NBA offices, Krista Chin was the, you know, the first one to, you know, kind of, you know, take me in and make me feel comfortable and, you know, make me feel like I was somebody that, you know, should appreciate where I was and they appreciate, appreciated having me.
0: Smush, uh, I want to talk a little bit too about you know about this clothing line that you got going on. I love the love the swag, love the gear, definitely love the logo. Was hoping that you could fill the fans in about that. You need to buy me one, tell me where to get it.
1: <laughs> you know, I hate the I hate the line, uh I hate the phrase clothing line because it's not really a clothing line. Um the, the, we, we we spoke about Smush Inspires, you know. So that that was the main that's that's my main thing. I wanted to give back. And giving back, you know I, I you know, as you guys know, you need sponsors and don- uh donators, people who donate to your cause, so I created a brand, and right now i'm I'm branding myself a certain way so that I can attract you know certain sponsorships and uh, donations. but I'm not making clothes to like kind of you know say it's a clothing brand, it's more of a brand that I'm trying to you know bring attention to so that I can give back to the kids, you know but yeah. I created a logo, you know, this is me, the silhouette right here, that's me in the the background over here, Duncan. Uh, You know, I got hats, I got hoodies, t-shirts, shorts, headbands, you know, again, it's all to create, you know, just some, some, you know, some uh, give back, some help for me to, you know, kind of inspire more youth, not just here in New York City, but across the nation.
2: So Smush, if people want to give back and help with your organization, how can they do that?
1: Uh, Right now, my uh, my website is under COVID reconstruction, (laughs) 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 Um, but you know, you guys can follow me on uh, my Instagram handle uh, Smush Parker Elite, uh, Smush underscore Parker underscore Elite, and then from there, you guys can you know branch out to my Smush Inspires. And then I have my catalog page, Rock with Smush on IG. Um, and all my merch I post on on, on on those pages and you can contact me directly. And if you're interested, you you know, you just you know slide in my DMs. Pause to you guys, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Smush, I wanna take
0: the combo. Back to some basketball, especially after that comment, and uh, talk a little bit more about you know breaking into the league. Because for me, one of the things that also stood out for you because just an amazingly talented player, very athletic, but you also made that transition from being a shooting guard in the high school college days to playing point guard in the NBA. I mean, what was that transition like?
1: Well, if you know me, you the the the, the actually the transition. The transition was being the two-guard. I was always a pass-first, shoot-second kind of guy. My mentality was always I'd rather an assist than two points. But, you know, um, unfortunately, in the game of basketball, you know, people who who get assists and run the offense really don't get acknowledged that much. You have to be – you're kind of forced to be a scorer, you know, especially early in your career. Um, high school, college, to kind of get a, to get recognized. So I did, I did some, you know, scoring when I was in high school. I did some scoring at the co- college level, but I'm more point guard-minded than uh, uh, two-guard shooting-minded.
0: Do the kids end up asking you the most about those Laker days? I mean, obviously you played for a few teams in the NBA, but I guess that affiliation with such an historic franchise and, and sharing the backcourt with a player like Kobe Bryant, does that seem to come up the most when people ask you about your career?
1: Oh no, that's the only that's the uh, only thing that comes up. Um, like you said, i played for uh the Lakers, the most historic franchise in NBA history, alongside uh one of the GOATs to ever lace up, you know, uh his sneakers in a game. Um, run by you know the uh the Hall of Famer, maybe the arguably the best coach in NBA history, most decorated of course, and uh, Phil Jackson. Um but I would say the Lakers actually was the first time I actually had the opportunity to actually really play. You know, I played for the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, at the time, I don't want to say it, but we were a pretty bad team. Uh, there was the years, the building years before LeBron James got there. I played for the Detroit Pistons the following year. You know, they just won a championship. I played behind the great Chauncey Billups and a longtime vet, Lindsey Hunter. So I wasn't getting much playing time there. Then I – Played a stint with the Phoenix Suns behind Steve Nash, so I I wasn't really getting, you know, recognized, um, but I was still, you know, in the league. You know, I was working, and when I finally got my uh, my my opportunity to shine in LA, I took full advantage. You know, my 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 uh, work ethic, um, I was able to uh, just outplay the point guards that they brought there, and. You know, I had the opportunity to play in the back hole, one of the best.
2: Suppose, do you, um, Kevin Garnett recently came out with a comment about, you know, 20 years ago, a lot of players can play in today's game. Do you wish that you played in today's era compared to when you came in uh, years back?
1: <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah, Listen, I believe the guards... In the era that I played in, and the guards that preceded me, would destroy this guard-oriented league. Now, with no bigs, like we had to, we had to play in a, in an era where there was still centers and seven-footers center and six-ten guys, power forwards clogging the paint, and we were still able to get to the basket and a finish and you know um, score. Right now, there's no there's no bigs. Everything is just an open open floor. It's just open. I think I think guys, I think guys. I you know what? I'm gonna speak for myself. I would love playing in this era. You guys know my track record. You know I was going you know into the giants and dunking dunking over seven footers. You mean to tell me that there's no seven footers in the league now? Come on, come on. The game has
0: definitely changed very much Mush. I mean, even with I think the three-point shot playing such a, a pivotal role in every NBA game, more so than ever before.
1: Yep. Oh yeah. The uh the game has definitely changed and um I want to I want to ask you guys. I always ask people this. I always ask people this. I want to know if you guys know your basketball. Who changed the game of basketball into this into this style of play that we uh, we have today?
0: I'm gonna go I'm gonna go well. I mean, are we going more current or are you gonna say more
1: back in the day? Who changed the game to the style of play that we're playing today?
0: I'm gonna say Steph Curry. Nope. Oh
1: um, uh,
2: that's actually a good question. Uh I would actually probably say the Houston Rockets. I will no. say the Phoenix Suns and Houston Rockets, either or.
1: The Phoenix Suns, the Steve, the Dan Steve Nash, Phoenix Suns. That's the. This is exactly executive style of play that they played the two years that uh, Steve Nash won MVP, and the two years that we faced them in the playoffs. They they play small ball. They played seven they're, seconds. They're, left. Um, they're, they're,
2: yeah, yeah, uh, uh, at the center.
1: Yeah, yeah. That that see, game plan was a, to outscore guys, outscore teams, excuse me, by shooting threes instead of twos.
0: They, see they played.
1: Go ahead.
0: Just gonna say, don't you don't you think that over the course of, of these, you know, past several decades, you've seen certain players that have done that from time to time. I mean, even somebody like Pistol Pete Maravich kind of played similar styles of basketball, going, you know, again, going back um, to the seventies. But um, for me, I thought the first player that kind of really transcended this part of the game, really honestly, was was Steph Curry.
1: Oh yeah, no, no question. Steph definitely um, influenced a lot of the game now, where it's it's three point oriented. But as far as uh, team play and that strategy, sounds... you know, it, it, the strategy changed when Dan Dan coaching style. His, his coaching method was, we want threes, you can have twos. They, weren't, they, they wasn't going to foul us. They wasn't going to play no defense, but they were going to outscore us by shooting threes. See,
0: the first time I actually saw that style of game was actually in the college ranks, and that was LMU with Hank Gathers and Bo Kimball and Paul Westhead. But, I mean, it took – you know, it, it probably took until Westhead was, um, you know, kind of more of an influence in the NBA – uh with his speed game when he was with the Lakers and won a championship with Magic Johnson and Kareem. And even at that point, uh not exactly the same as that Suns, uh Suns team that you bring up with uh with Nash and Company.
1: Well you you got me there. <laughs> you got me there. I don't know too much I don't know that much history, but again, just to my knowledge, you know, and uh watching over the years, it's been You know, pretty much big-oriented. Even when I was playing in the league, it was, you know, big or uh, still a big-oriented game. You throw it into the post, you spread the court, you wait for the ball to come back out, then you get your opportunity. It it wasn't until, you know, um, to my knowledge, you know, the Phoenix Suns, you know, they went with uh, Boris Dio at the four, Stoudemire at the five, you know, Sean Marion at the three, you know, um, John Bell at the two, and Steve Nash at the one where they played, Five five outside players, no post up players, and they all just ran. They all just found that 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 three point line, and and then, and then, uh they stopped playing. They started playing Boris Diaz at the five. They show Marion at the four, so that they could get that, you know, outside shooting going. And they
0: it's okay, they really- I'll give the point to Ed for tonight. I it's okay. I'll take the L. It's fine.
1: You got it. <laughs>
2: That was, I was just you know last question. I was just like you know obviously you're trying to be a ref. Um, can you just talk about how you know you're keeping up and you're ref and where and and are you taking a program with the NBA or you know anything like
1: that? Uh, definitely. Um, there is a program. Well, when I retired from playing basketball, which, which, which was uh, not too long ago, about three years ago, I uh, cut my dread, my dreads off. I don't know if you guys remember the, the the locks that I had. You know, I was like you know. I got to go into this NBA office. Let me cut my hair off so I can look the part. You know, I went in there and I told them what I wanted to do, so that they're they're well aware of um, my uh, my goals, their aspirations, and getting back to the NBA. And they're very supportive in uh, my journey. Um, There is a a program for NBA players to uh, enter certain avenues to stay within the NBA, and I'm not in that yet, you know, I had to get my certificate, which I got, uh, my MBA certificate, uh, which I got uh, about a year ago, and since then I've just been uh, doing high school, junior high school games, corporate league games, um, um, yeah, and as, a, you know, right now, we know with COVID, you know, sports has been kind of nonexistent, you know, not just here in New York City, but all across the nation. Um, but I live in New York City and basketball has been non-existent. So I'm just kind of, you know, in a, in a waiting um, area now. So, you know, for sports to open back up so I can get back into these programs. Smush, uh, Ed and
0: I appreciate you taking the time tonight. Definitely good stuff here on the podcast. And uh, Ed and I spoke about it. We want to get out there on a bicycle and see if we can ride cross-country with you one of these days because we could use the exercise during
2: COVID. And I will come call you tomorrow and get me a sweater. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Listen, when the world opens back up, just invite me to one of your bowling nights, man. That's I got I you.
2: Done deal. I told you, I got you. I haven't done anything in over a year and change. I am doing something kind of dope. I'll call you tomorrow about it. It's virtual. Right, man. It's virtual. It was,
1: great, you know, it was great catching up with you guys, Bobby C. Thanks again for, for the support. I know we've been trying to, you know, link up you know on Instagram. But it's good to, you know, uh, hear your voice again. (laughs) (laughs) I got the jersey. That's all that matters. (laughs) (laughs) Great to see
0: you, Smush. Have a good one, man.
1: Later. All right. Have a good night. All right. I
0: had a great podcast tonight, man. Whether you call it Step in the Arena or Step into the Arena, it was a really good podcast. I told you why it's Step into the Arena. Because there's two of (laughs) them. (laughs) <laughs> well, we got to change all the graphics then. We're definitely not uh, pubbing the right podcast. Yeah, but you know, we're going to keep it because that's what Randy called the step, step
2: in the arena. So it's going to be step in the arena.
0: <laughs> well, we definitely wanted to shout out again our guests this evening. Big shout to Robin Lumberg and, of course, NBA veteran Smush Parker. Uh, for Edgar Burgos, I'm Bobby C. And I guess I'll see you next Thursday. I don't know, 9 o'clock, 10, 10 o'clock. Next Thursday, 9, 9 30, 10 o'clock. Sounds like a plan. Till so next time, folks, step in the arena. Edgar Burgos, Bobby C. signing off. We'll see you next time.
2: Later. <laughs>